0: What's up? It's another week of Fabs' High Review. It's always super awkward trying to start these podcasts. So I apologize if I sound a little robotic or unsure of what to say next at the beginning of these podcasts. Because, yeah, I don't really know what to say next. I don't know how to start these things. But, hey, I've just filled quite a lot of time talking about how I don't know how to start it. And guess what? It's begun. (laughs) This week, I was forwarded an article on BroBible by my husband. And this article gave me my idea for Fab's High Review. Because quite simply, how could we not discuss it? The topic for this week is fast food conspiracy theories. The article that's going around currently is about Chuck E. Cheese. So Chuck E. Cheese for people who don't live in America, or quite simply, who don't have children and haven't been to a Chuck E. Cheese. I haven't been to a Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, I don't have a child, but I haven't been to a Chuck E. Cheese. There was a Chuck E. Cheese near where I lived in New York, but I never went in. Basically, Chuck E. Cheese is a fast food restaurant for kids. They've got entertainment centers like Pac-Man and, I don't know, throw a basketball in a hoop game. And then you have like birthday parties and celebrate, I don't know, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, anything like that. And one particular customer noted that Chuck E. Cheese were selling uneven slices of pizza if you ordered a pie. So basically, the conspiracy theory is that Chuck E. Cheese are reselling uneaten slices of pizza to its guests. So if you order a pizza and you only eat half of it, The other half is going to get put together with someone else's old other half to make one pizza and then it'll be reserved. And if you Google image Chuck E. Cheese pizza conspiracy theory, you'll see that indeed the pizza is fairly uneven. So I personally think this conspiracy theory is true. It's a real theory. Along that theme, I then looked into other fast food conspiracy theories. And I came up with quite a few, some really interesting ones too. I thought I would have heard them all, but I'd only heard of about one of these. So apparently Tim Horton's coffee, for those who don't know, Tim Horton is a Canadian coffee chain. Canadians fucking love Tim Horton's. My God, if you ever want to get on the right side of a Canadian, bring up Tim Horton's. So Tim Horton is being accused of lacing their coffee with nicotine and that is what makes it super addictive. I thought that caffeine was fairly addictive in itself so do we really think they're putting nicotine in there or is it just that maybe it's a higher coffee bean content? Is that a thing having a higher coffee bean content? Is it like cocoa? My husband's not here so I can't ask him. I'm never going to get the answers to these questions. Well at least not for like another hour and a half until he gets home. Another conspiracy theory is that Chipotle's E. coli outbreak, which happened, what, two years ago now, was the result of corporate sabotage. Now that just rings of all things Wolf of Wall Street. Isn't that amazing that the Chipotle directors and corporate owners all got together and decided to put E. coli in their food? Is that how E. coli gets in food? Oh, my God, I have so many questions. Why is there no one here to help me answer them? How does E. coli get in food? So apparently the corporate uh, teams, corporate teams, the directors, the people high up the ladder, I don't know, the bosses of Chipotle, their whole reason why they did it was to short sell stock. I don't fully know what that means, but that's what the article said. So if you know what short selling stock means, please let me know. I feel like I should really know what that is. Another conspiracy theory is the government is hiding how tremendously unhealthy processed sugar is for the sake of lobbyists. Now this, I don't believe because I feel like anyone who's ever picked up a newspaper or read the news. No, no. Anyone who's ever read a newspaper or watched the news has seen some or other coverage on how terrible sugar is for you. So I don't think the government's trying to hide anything. I just think that people aren't willing to listen. Oh, God, it's just got really political. No, I need to get away. I can't talk about politics. First of all, I have no idea what I'm talking about, so we're not even going to go down that path. Another conspiracy theory is Kobe beef doesn't exist in America. So when you're sitting in a restaurant in America and you believe that you are eating Kobe beef, apparently you're not. There are only three restaurants stateside that are certified to sell Kobe beef. Those are the 212 Steakhouse in New York City. I've not heard of it. or maybe I have heard of it. But I've definitely not eaten there because I'm not a fan of steak. So the 212 Steakhouse in New York City. The Win Las Vegas is another place where you can get genuine Kobe beef. And the last one is, it's called Ginza Sumikawa and it's a teppanyaki spot in Hawaii. That made me then Google what Kobe beef was. And apparently it's a type of cow that lives in Japan that can only come from this region in Japan. And that's what makes it really special because they're like delicious cows. I think I've described Kobe beef well. It's a little bit like how you can't drink champagne that's not made in the Champagne region in France. I guess with that line of thinking, Kobe beef is to Japan what champagne is to France. And then the final conspiracy is about fondue. I love fondue. Let's just talk about that for a second. How good is fondue? Oh, with the chocolate and the strawberries and the cake, you can put anything in a fondue and it tastes good. I mean, anything, as long as the flavor profile's right. You wouldn't want to put, I don't know, a raw piece of salmon in the chocolate. You would have to, you have to match it a little bit. Anyway, fondue, really good dessert. The conspiracy theory surrounding fondue is that it was created after World War I to encourage cheese sales to people who enjoyed swinging. There's definitely merit in this. My husband's holiday party last year was held at a fondue restaurant here in town. And my immediate reaction was like, that's not a very appropriate restaurant choice to go with co-workers, is it? And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, fondue is for people who enjoy maybe leaving the restaurant with a different person to whom they arrived with. He'd never heard of this. So I was thinking, oh, well, maybe I got it wrong. But I definitely remember being told that if you drop your food in the fondue pot, you have to kiss the person to your right or to your left. So when I heard that fondue was a swingers dessert, I thought, well, that makes sense. I mean, this conspiracy theory is just genius marketing. After World War I, they had a lot of cheese and a marketing team got together and were like, how are we going to sell all this cheese? You know what? Let's tell people to melt it down, dip things in it. And it's great if you've got a bit of a crush on your neighbor. And it worked because look, World War One was like 60 years ago. and We're still talking about fondue swinging now. So that is a brilliant marketing campaign. Let's give them five stars for that. So anyway, that ends my discussion on fast food conspiracy theories, which weren't all fast food centric, but they certainly were food centric. Thanks so much for listening. I super appreciate your time. Chat to you next week. Listening. like what you hear check back in each week to hear another episode of Fab's high review podcast